0: Welcome to Modern Babylon, brought to you by the Cultural Contrarian. The Modern Babylon podcast is brought to you from the neurodivergent mind of the Cultural Contrarian. Culture Contrarian is a private membership association, which can be found at www.culturecontrarian.org. By going to the Culture Contrarian website, you can simply enter your email address and be given the opportunity to explore the teachings and education provided to other private members. The reasoning behind the PMA is to establish privacy and security for those who want to learn about how to be free and stand on their constitutional rights lawfully and respectfully if the goal is about achieving your own freedom and want to learn how to hold public officials accountable to their oath. Our podcast is sharing information that Culture Contrarian is willing to bring into the public as a means to provide context of what can be learned inside of the PMA. Now, on to the podcast. This is Ryan Madder, Bab, Modern Babylon. I wanted to come on quickly and just put something out there for everybody to see. I was afforded the incredible opportunity to sit down with Chris Hume and Pastor Joel Saint of the Lancaster Patriot. We sat down and have a conversation about detainment, arrest, Terry v. Ohio, and I have to say that this was a, a God-honoring opportunity for myself to sit among brothers of similar foundation worldview. And we wrestled down some tough topics, and I took the opportunity to share my particular perspective in the context in which we were speaking in that room. And I wanted to reemphasize a point that is mentioned in this broadcast. From a Romans 13 perspective, I understand my role ...to be obedient and submit to the authority when they are lawful. I have a higher duty and an obligation to honor my king... ...and stand with the courage and dwell by the Holy Spirit... ...when those in authority are the actual evildoers. Now, the manner in which I do that is to be in in a Galatians kind of five way... ...fruit of the Spirit... Now, I may stumble with that, my flesh may react in my attempt to have the fruit of spirit, but that's something I want to strive to achieve in honor of my king, in recognition of that authority, but call out that authority when they're making misstatements, misrepresentations, misclaims, misassertions, and afford them the ability to go and verify the statements they are making. But if they are not going to pause and go seek the authority to be corrected, I am at risk. I am at risk. And that I am not going to argue on the side of the road. And I will, as you've seen in my videos, I will submit. And I will have that argument with the magistrates. And I will act as a lesser magistrate. So I apologize for this long intro. This video is a little bit long. But I have to tell you, it has got some powerfully powerful good nuggets inside it. So if this resonates with you, I encourage you to share it. Um, I encourage you to come join culturalcontrarian.org. Put your email address in. I'll send you a free ebook. I'll send you access to more free materials that you can learn from some of the things which I teach. But not only do I say it, I walk it. I am going to walk with that which I proclaim based upon courage. My courage comes from my knowledge being applied. So you can see this on video on my YouTube channel. You can see it on my Facebook page, or you can be listening to it on my podcast, culturecontrarian.org, on my Facebook page, face facebook.com slash culturecontrarian. Also I have a TikTok channel, YouTube, as many socials as I can come up with. Thanks. Take care. Let's listen to the broadcast.
1: Welcome to the Lancaster Patriot Podcast. My name is Chris Hume, the managing editor of the Lancaster Patriot. I'm joined this morning by two guests. To my immediate right, I have Joel Saint, pastor of Independence Reformed Bible Church. Joel, thank you as always for joining me. Thanks for having me. And to my far right, I have Ryan Miller, also known as the Cultural Contrarian. Ryan, thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much, it's delightful to be here today. All right, I'm so glad you both are here and we're gonna be talking about a topic that we will certainly not exhaust today uh, and that is police officers in the United States of America. Specifically related to detainment, the what police officers do on the streets. Uh, Ryan has been involved with the police officers quite a bit lately. Uh, what was your latest I- interaction with the police? Oh, quite recently where I got pulled over for
0: a non-traffic citation, traffic non-traffic violation,
1: <laughs> just delicately and respectfully extracted. Okay, and, and there's a video of you going around on the internet, Ryan. In fact, a, a couple YouTubers have picked it up and have dissected it, provided commentary on it, and that is where you are interacting with a state trooper. Um, Now that happened last March.
0: Yeah. March 14th of
1: 22. Okay. Of 2022. Okay. And we're not going to play that clip here. I will put that in the description, but in this clip, just to kind of set a bit of the context for what we're going to be talking about today. uh, Ryan is, is pulled over by a Pennsylvania state trooper, trooper Kachka. Is that his name? Yes. And in the, in the video, Ryan actually stands his ground, as it were, verbally and saying, look, what am I being detained for? Because this this police officer, the state trooper pulls you over. um, And what did he say the reason that he pulled you over was? Uh, He pulled me over due to a suspicious vehicle. Okay. And does he have... Does he have a right to do that in our American system? Can can the cops just pull you over and then – I mean you he, he weren't free to go, right? He said you have to stay here. No, he, he physically detained me. No, physically.
0: He verbally detained me. He said you are not free to go. Right. Okay. And it's very difficult for me to – I'm a little different. Words mean something. Can he do it? He can do anything he darn well pleases. Does he have the lawful authority to do so?
1: No, he does
0: not.
2: So we're talking about power versus authority. Here. Yeah, absolutely. He has the power. Yes. He has a gun. Yes. But he doesn't have the authority. Absolutely.
1: And, and those are some of the things I want to get into. And we do want to be careful with our words. But part of the problem is we have our, our American system, which is, is not based on, at, at this point, we've been far removed from biblical law. So we had a foundation. Uh, there were things even at the beginning of America that were, I would say, an abandonment of biblical law, but we were closer. But now over the years we've added all these things. So in one sense, some of these things we're going to say the police officer had the authority, quote unquote, under the current American system. And in some cases they don't and they still act that way. But then also we need to step back and say, how should things be biblically? What what do they have true authority from Christ to do? So these are some of the things i want to get into today and we will come back to that traffic stop i want us to talk about specifically with detainment and police officers the culture of policing in america uh, we do want to talk about the 4th amendment we want to talk about Terry v. Ohio we want to talk about reasonable suspicion and probable cause qualified immune, immunity and and get into things uh, how the the bible relates to this but i guess i want to let let's start with let's start with the 4th amendment here Okay, and then we're going to come back. I'm going to ask you some more questions, Ryan, about about this stop. But the Fourth Amendment says the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures, and and the seizures there comes into the detainment, shall not be violated, and no warrants shall issue but upon probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. So in this case, the – the state trooper did not search you, but he did seize you in, in the sense of a detainment, correct? He seized me
0: in order to conduct a search, and the search was through interrogation. Okay. Uh, so he was searching for facts through questioning.
1: Okay. Do uh, you think that would be – most people, though, When even in the court, when they look at the Fourth correct. Amendment, they're not saying that's a search. No, no. they're okay. not. Okay. So, but, but there was a seizure there, and in the court – courts would recognize that as a seizure
2: okay i know we're talking about the fourth amendment but is is that not a violation of the fifth amendment then because he's questioning you trying to get you to incriminate yourself Th- that right? is correct
1: you, so you need
0: to there's a, a bunch of amendments that are interlinked to express okay. staying secure in the force but okay. that's a great point
1: so I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay some of these things out so then we can get get into a little bit of the details and again we're not going to be able to exhaust it but there was a case a big case uh, most i mean i'm sure every police officer knows about Terry v. Ohio. It's part of their training in 1967. Uh, there were, there were two men who were, I think this was in Cleveland. They were observed, uh, outside of a, of a, a men's clothing store. And this detective or police officer thought that they were preparing to, to, to rob the place to, they were casing the joint is how he put it. Um, basically once they they leave that location. They're not even at the site of where he thought they might be considering committing a crime. And he, he walks up to them and basically searches one of the guys because he says, well, I felt that he had a weapon and my life was it could be in danger. And so th- this is a big case. And it's eight to one ruled that you know the cops do have the right to do a search and they kind of Uh, you know, weaseled with the language and say, it's not a full search. It's just a pat down. We're just seeing if there are any weapons. And then if we feel one on on the outer clothing, then we can go in. And so the court held that the search undertaken by the officer was reasonable under the fourth amendment and that the weapon seized could be introduced into evidence against this man whose name was Terry. So Terry stops now have become a regular occurrence in America. Um, and And I think that, would kind of what happened to you would kind of qualify as a terry stop would it not it it would um the the terry
0: officers in practice use terry's terms reasonable suspicion and they jump over the fourth amendment protection reasonable suspicion supported by probable cause so terry versus ohio gives the officers the power in their mind to just stop you question you and pat you down, and and physically detain you. So yes,
1: so yeah. I'm going to skip ahead here. Um, this this is some data in New York City between 2003 and 2013. Nearly 90 percent of Terry stops did not lead to a summons or arrest. Um, and and uh, there's Terry stops are happening a, a lot across the nation. And most of the time, uh, there there is either no weapon or it leads to no arrest. So it kind of calls into question what's your reasonable suspicion if you're doing this thousands and thousands of times and most of the time you're wrong. So that's one of the issues with with Terry stops. We want to talk about Joel, we'll get to do police officers sh- should they have that do they have that authority from God to just say, "Look, I'm I work for the state so I can basically search you based on a reasonable suspicion." So I'm going to I'm going to bring I'm going to bring you into this Joel and then we're going to come back and talk more about what happened with you, Ryan. But this was the Supreme uh, Court justice, the only one who dissented in Terry v. Ohio. And uh, I don't know why more people, more of the justices didn't. He said, I want to read this quote. Uh, He said, it is a mystery how this search and that seizure can be constitutional by Fourth Amendment standards unless there was probable cause to believe that one, a crime had been committed, a crime was in the process of being committed, or a crime was about to be committed. Now he's talking about Terry, who... At the point when he was thrown up against the wall and searched, he was not even near the building where the cop said, I think he might be about to commit a crime. So there was no crime being committed. Uh, The crime was not in the process of being committed, and it wasn't about to be committed because he wasn't even on site. So he goes on here. Douglas goes on to give the police greater power than a magistrate is to take a long step down the totalitarian path. Perhaps such a step is desirable to cope with the modern forms of lawlessness, but if it is taken, it should be the deliberate choice of the people through a constitutional amendment until the Fourth Amendment, which is closely allied with the Fifth, as you mentioned, Joel, is rewritten. The person and the effects of the individual are beyond the reach of all government agencies until there are reasonable grounds to believe, probable cause, that a criminal venture has been launched or is about to be launched, end quote. Amen, Douglas. So... Joel, first, your thoughts on what Justice Douglas uh, said here back in 1967. And he's saying, look, you're you're giving police officers greater power than the Fourth Amendment even gave to to a judge to issue a warrant. In the case of that, you had to have probable cause to issue a warrant. Basically, the language of Terry is you, you don't need probable cause for a police officer to search you. All you need is reasonable suspicion. And we'll get into the legalese of that. But what's your thoughts initially, Joel, as we start to consider the culture of police in America?
2: Well, it seems to me that uh, probable cause would be a whole lot um, whole lot more difficult to, to prove in court. Uh, you know, he's doing something. You know, a crime is about to be committed, for example. You wouldn't need probable cause in the first two cases. A crime had been committed. Okay, you, you already have the crime. A crime was in the process of being committed. Yeah, it's going on. The third one, a crime was about to be committed. If if you were going to try to prove that in court, that would be you'd have to have facts. You would have to have responses and so forth. Reasonable suspicion. Uh, you know, I don't like the I don't like the guy's look. Um, I don't like um, I don't like his cousin. His cousin is a criminal, and you know what? He was seen hanging out with his, or he wasn't even seen hanging out with his his cousin. He just. Uh, I, I think it's reasonable. So that that is such a, a broad thing to – I mean, you can drive a truck through that, Chris. I mean, anything's possible with that. His point about a totalitarian path is mocked today. Be, oh, we're not totalitarian because we still have – we're, we're still democracy and we can still vote. And, uh, of course, I would – or <laughs> without going down this path, uh, yeah, you can y- – y- there's a difference between casting a ballot and voting, For example, uh, you know, I've cast a ballot, but I'm not sure who I voted for. In some cases, quite frankly, but getting off of that, getting off of that, biblical law, the the Bible talks extensively about crimes, and what it does, what it says, and we'll get into this perhaps a little bit later. But what it, it says is that you have to have exactly what Douglas is talking about here. At least the first two, a crime is committed or in the process of being committed. There is no such animal in the Bible that I know of, of well, reasonable suspicion. And that has to do with even the, the, the fact of a police force. Interestingly enough, in the scriptures, we do not have the justification for a police force. Right. It, it's, it's just not there. Now, someone's gonna say to me, well, aren't you, don't you wanna call the cops when, when, when someone uh, attacks you? You know why I want to call the cops? Honestly, one of the reasons why I want to call the cops, because the way our justice system is right now, I could get in bigger trouble for defending myself than not. So I call the cops. So I have somebody else who is like like assigned, a, a official crime prevention group. Well, wait a minute. I think I'm if I'm having a crime committed against me, I think I'm the most qualified. Right then, to put a stop to it, because the cops won't get there for who knows another half hour, just in time to, um, to you know, to, to identify the bodies and so forth. So, um, one of the reasons why you know someone's going to come back at me and say, "Yeah, Joel, you want to call the cops if someone's committing a crime against you," yeah, but I'd rather be left alone, quite frankly, uh, so that I can p- defend myself and, and and my loved ones. And, and I, I I get it that um, you, you know that that you're going to say. It, it's, you want, aren't you glad there's police officers? Here's the problem. What if the police officers themselves are lawbreakers as far as the law of God is concerned? So that's where we must go back. We must go back to the the law of God, what it prescribes, and what are you going to do? And here's the question. What are you going to do if the police officer himself is a crime is a criminal, excuse me, as far as the law of God is concerned. So that's where we, we, we must start here. What guarantees does anyone have that the police officer himself or nowadays herself is not a criminal to begin with on the take, whatever, using, uh, y- using planted evidence and, th- and this kind of thing? What are you going to do? Who's going to watch the watchers?
0: Right, right. Ryan, your thoughts on that? There's a lot to unpack there, Joel, and you—you you made it brings to me Romans 13 about the evildoers, and what if our government is the evildoers? What what if the law officer is a good person but acting evilly in obedience to his authority? And I believe we, the people, are the fourth branch of government responsible. We have a duty to hold our public officials accountable, and as a Christian, we should be using it as using the fruit of the spirit. My encounter, I was relying upon the fruit of the spirit to engage those in authority. Uh, The reasonable suspicion piece is what I'll call as the hallway of protection through, through unelected officials at the Supreme Court. Unelected people have made these decisions and reasonable suspicion was a way to open this door to give them more power and control over top of us and protection that reasonableness word will pop up in Supreme Court precedent over and over again. And it's not up to us to determine who is reasonable, it's up to the court and the legal system.
1: And specifically, when, when you look at these cases, uh, and also with uh, the case of Graham v. Connor. Connor. Yes. What, 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 what happened was they said, okay, we need to, actually let me go to that right now, um, we'll come back and cover some of this stuff I have it in the back here. Okay. So there was an objective, reasonable test that they came up with with Graham. When Graham versus Connor, not to get into too much, there was a diabetic who needed sugar and he wasn't able to get it and the cops ended up roughing him up pretty bad. And looking at it, it seemed like that was very excessive. But what they ended up deciding was, well, we need to look at this from the perspective of the police officer in the moment. We can't, we can't look at this with hindsight, you know, 2020, 20. we can't do that. We have to look at it in the moment. And it all became from the police officer's perspective. And then it all just, it all becomes the, the, sort of a game, to be honest, where, okay, these, this is the language the court has recognized. So police officers are trained to go in and say, okay, yeah, this, this is what I felt. I, I felt threatened. Here's what happened. He was coming to, so all that to say, to your point, Ryan, this, the, the reasonable suspicion test and the objective reasonables test have been either put in place or are used to empower police officers, not to protect the people. Um, And I want to be fair to police officers, and I want us to talk about this because, Joel, you mentioned, you know, biblically, do do we need this system? We, we have this system now where police officers are tasked with re- re- really meddling in, in a bunch of affairs, um, things that aren't even, aren't even evil, things that aren't, that shouldn't be crimes according to God's law, but the job itself requires you to go out there and meddle in people's business. Stop them on the side of the road, even though they haven't, they're not harming anybody. Uh, ask them for information, ask them to surrender their, you know, their, their private information, uh, even though they haven't been accused of a crime, all that, like if you, if you put people in those situations, if you put police officers in those situations, then stuff is going to happen and they're going to want to be protected themselves. So these Terry V. Ohio, Graham versus, uh, Connor, uh, kind of has given protection to the police officers in this culture of, well, they're doing such a good work, we need to give them the benefit of the doubt, and th- these are protections for them, but in the end, the the, the citizens or the, the people's rights ultimately are subservient to the police officers. Now, you talked about what happens when the police officers are the wicked ones. Did you hear what happened to Matt Truelis? I did. Yeah. I did. So, I don't know, was that his, his son or, and daughter-in-law?
2: yeah i'm not, I'm not sure okay. who was someone from his church at least
1: yeah so out in wisconsin and this of course we covered the damon atkins case where a police officer sure. in reading arrested damon for publicly quoting the bible this just happened in wisconsin i think a day or two ago where some some young kids uh, I, I don't know if they were minors or not were arrested or detained or taken away for speaking pre- yeah for speaking for, for speaking outside of a, a homosexual pride festival so again you know the, the the police officers, they're they're just doing their job, right? And we're gonna get to that. And if if they if they just look at this, hey, my job is to is to enforce statism. Um, I'm gonna use every available court ruling I can, in, in my favor. Um, so yeah, the probable cause. So this you have initially a consensual encounter with police officers, which sometimes you may think it's consensual, and like in your case, Ryan, like when you said, hey am I free to go? He's like, no, you're not. And so at that point, it moves from a consensual encounter to basically a Terry stop, an investigative detention. You are detained because I'm investigating a crime. And that's supposed to require reasonable suspicion. But go back to what Joel said. Joel said, when
0: it's non-consensual, that you didn't agree to this stop, and you haven't committed any of those probable cause elements in the act of committing a crime about to commit a crime or a crime is transpired. You haven't done any of those things. I haven't agreed to this conversation. Stand on your fifth. I don't need to assist the officer investigate to criminalize a law-abiding citizen. And that's what my stop was.
1: Okay. Yeah. Let's talk more about that. Just maybe provide a little bit of education for people, even though we're going to get into even more of a critique against the police system. But this is a system that we have now and you were, you were pulled over for a Terry stop. Now, I, I guess if we're going to try to give him the most benefit of the doubt in his mind, he's saying there, the, there has, I mean, there has to be a crime at least in his mind somewhere. And then the crime <laughs> and, and the crime based on that interaction with you would have been trespassing from a public property. But as you've made very clear, you can't be tres You can't have that. You can't be trespassing on a public property absent of committing a crime. So, I want you to talk about that, but first, in his mind, that's what he's, quote-unquote, investigating, right? This is a little bit more
0: nuanced than that. But in the interaction... He is trying to justify himself, the reason for him to pull me over. Right. And he he couldn't do that. He was using verbal judo to justify him seizing custody of me.
1: Right, but... With, with, this, with these Supreme Court rulings and from the, the police officer's perspective, I mean, let's put ourselves in the perspective of a police officer who's just doing his job, right? just following orders, which is not, does not excuse him because I want to talk about that. But they, they are taught to use the Terry stop and they are taught that they have the authority to detain you because they have a suspicion that you have either committed a crime are in the process of committing a crime or about to commit a crime right that that is correct yeah now so in, in but in in your case he he, he, he did not have that he didn't have that because he uh, he, he could not really justify what what the crime was right right and he tried to lean on trespassing from public property but the only way he could do that is if you had already right there was already a crime or something right so so i want people to like understand that and then I want you to talk about how you handled that situation that if someone's pulled over, how can they stand on, on the Fifth, their Fifth Amendment rights? I'd, I'd like to do a couple of things in response to this
0: path of, of uh, conversation. First of all, I know there's going to be officers that are going to be listening to this just simply because of the audience that follows me and I want to share it with them. So I, I want to address first, Kochka and other law enforcement. I respect those in law enforcement. I respect their responsibility and duty to serve and protect the community and the citizens within it when they fall inside the guidelines, the guardrails of the law, when they step outside of that law, it's my duty to remind them that they're stepping outside of the law. I choose to do that in the fruit of the spirit, in love, in honor, in respect, and correct them, not necessarily rebuke them, but to make them aware that there's a limit to their authority. So in this instance, with my video encounter prior to even engaging with the police, I informed them of what my intentions are. So I went in advance and said, listen, I want to go advocate for, for children within the school district. I want the DA to know. I want the Chester County detectives to know. I want the local community to know I have no ill will, no ill intent. And I just want to lawfully speak. And I informed those in, in law enforcement that I understand that your culture of training and authority is opposed to people who want to stand on their rights and you attempt to criminalize it. And I'm going to warn you, please do not use your authority. It's called color of authority to infringe upon my constitutional rights. And I will tell you what will happen if I encounter somebody who does that. So that communication prior to that stop, was communicated all throughout the county months in advance, so Tripper Kochka didn 't know me by my face, my voice, my presence, but he knew of me through this email communication right so when I encountered him, I knew he was outside the what the police call it the four corners of probable cause, and he was outside those four corners, and he was following orders he was being directed by his chain of command. You need to find out who that guy is. I knew that was his his intention. And I did not yell at him. I did not curse at him. I knew the limits of his authority. I had no right to get out of my car. But I know Pennsylvania versus Mims Based upon the fear of the officer, that he can pull me out of the car.
1: Right. They, I mean, they can justify, with this language, they can justify a lot of stuff and saying, well, I, I was concerned that he might have a weapon. Right. And therefore, I feared for my life, and therefore, I had to pull him out of the car and search him. Thankfully, it didn't happen. And I will link it, and I encourage everybody to watch the video. Um, and it's gotten, I think, on the one channel, it's over 30,000 views already. Uh, yeah, you definitely handled it very well. Uh, so, and it, it's, it, parts of it are funny because, I mean, he. <laughs> he's trying to yeah but okay the fifth amendment and what how did you why didn't you surrender your driver's license or how how would you how how can people i know this is difficult one of the things is you don't want to to mess i don't want to use that word mess you don't want to sometimes it's better to just submit completely with Mm, these things because the the police uh, with these court cases have a lot of Ability to really mess with people.
0: I I would tell people do not do or attempt to do what I did Unless you are prepared unless you have gotten a tremendous amount of knowledge If you understand what Chris has been talking about Terry v. Ohio Graham versus Connor Pennsylvania versus Mims Fraser v. Cop the list is long until you know them in your heart Don't stand in the face of authority,
1: but in this case you you said look I'm not going to, and that kind of leads to the fifth. I mean, if if a police officer pulls you over and says, I'm, I'm investigating, uh, that my reasonable suspicion that a crime may have been committed, you're not required to give them any information. As I, as you asked, why did he pull me over a suspicious
0: vehicle? Well, inside my car, my window was down this far. Mm. I said, I give you complete permission to interrogate my car. Right because it's not reasonable suspicion of the driver. You said the car. Well, go interrogate the car.
1: Yeah, so one of the things you said in the video was uh, you're not required to give your ID unless you've been... Lawfully arrested. Okay, so if you are arrested, then you are required... I'm compelled. Okay, so... Wait a minute.
0: Is there a difference between lawfully arrested and arrested? It's a great point. It's a great point. Yes, because you can be unlawfully arrested. You, as the citizen, have to articulate that. What you're demanding of me is unlawful. I am not going to consent, but I'm not going to resist. I'm not going to argue. You have threatened me with arrest if I don't do this. And you have to know it's unlawful. That's what happened with the, the other encounter I submitted to being handcuffed and put put behind yeah, that all was unlawfully
1: a, that was on the, the school grounds there in right. um but this isn't in my notes but uh, a cop pulls someone over for speeding or not stopping mm-hmm. i mean in that case are you are you as your understanding with all these laws and rulings are you required to give up your information let's let's go to biblical let's go to constitutional
0: right And what we have and then let's go
1: to the american system we'll go to contract (laughs) yeah
0: go to contract everything is under contract and under permission so i'm going to shift gears for a second if you put your child in public school you've signed a contract of in loco parentis and you've surrendered your rights to the authority of the school well when you get your driver's license whether you know it or not you have surrendered your right to travel to now be governed by the rules regulations statutes and traffic code because you signed that little document on the contract. So when you sign that, the terms and conditions, you've agreed to those terms and conditions. If you act in defiance of that agreement, now you're at risk.
1: Okay, well that goes another topic to the yes. argument of, uh, which we've talked about before, uh, submitting to getting a driver's license and mm-hmm. registration. So yeah. we don't wanna go down that road too much, um, at least right now, be happy to later. Okay, but other than that, if someone says, look, the, the police officer pulls you over and says, Hey, this is not about, I mean, a lot of times they use that. Oh, you you were, you were not following a traffic law. And then they use that to get into more, but let's say they pull you over and they're just like, okay, we are, I have a reasonable suspicion that this crime was committed. Well, you're within your rights to say, well, I'm not going to give you any information on that. Right. You are,
0: but absent of having the knowledge that you're talking about right now, you are going to experience the violence inherent in the system.
1: Okay, so and as as a small step to help people think more about that, what would be the the initial reason or the initial grounds they could say, look, if you are suspecting me of committing a crime, I'm going to lean on the Fifth Amendment here. I'm going to not surrender this information until I talk to an attorney. I mean, what, what's, what's the initial step here to start thinking through these things?
0: I gotta tell you guys, he's going down a deep hole and this is gonna sound controversial. Again, do not do anything that I say. In respect of those in law enforcement, I hesitate to say this to other citizens, but a traffic stop, according to the Supreme Court, you are under arrest, not a detainment, not a temporary detainment. The Supreme Court calls it an arrest. So if you're under arrest, we're afforded rights and protections under Miranda. So put your window down a little bit and say, officer, I'm under arrest. Please mirandize me. Okay. and they read you your Miranda rights. Now you exercise and stand on those rights. You have the right to remain silent because anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You can remain safe in honor and respect of the officer that I don't want to make any movements whatsoever to put you in fear. I don't want to reach for my driver's license. I don't want to reach for my insurance. I don't want to reach for my registration. Just respectfully honor your officer I want to keep you safe and you can take care of all of these things if a crime has been committed go ahead open my door put me in handcuffs I'm just going to remain silent and you do what you need to do and we'll resolve it in court don't have a debate in, on the sidewalk just submit to their authority but do not surrender your fourth amendment right to be secure in your person's papers properties affects effects, has to be mirandized and you can be safe now, if you try to go beyond that to stand on your rights without having the things that you're talking about now inside of you and stand in honor of
1: God, you're you're at risk. Okay. Um, no, that's helpful. That's a good place to start. And Joel, I want to bring you in more here now as we start to, to talk more about uh, the biblical response to this stuff. I mean, part of the problem with this is is there's so much legalese, there's so many court cases, there's so much confusion Uh, This is from one law law firm and he says, detention in Pennsylvania can be regarded as an investigatory stop. That's a Terry stop. A person being detained, in other words, um, if, for example, a police officer stops someone walking down the street who's acting suspiciously to ask him or her questions, that would be regarded as a detention. You're not free to go. But it, it also says from the same law firm, there's no bright line rule as to when a detention becomes an arrest. So, again, a lot of this stuff is fuzzy. A lot of it is unclear. Um, The court has ruled on it over and over again, but they continue to have these issues. And it it comes down to, in the end, it seems to be they defer to the police officer's personal judgment in the moment. And if they can justify, for whatever reason, well, I was reasonably suspicious this person looked at me, they didn't look at me, they were walking too quickly, they were walking too slowly, then in court, I mean, sometimes that's held up. Mm -hmm. Well, that police officer in that moment... He had no idea if the guy had a gun, um, and, and this is how he, he responded. And that brings us back to, Joel, this whole idea of, of police officers um, and what, what, what they do now in America. And I want us to talk about that, and if we have more time, we'll maybe be able to get into a little bit of qualified Im- immunity. But the, the role of police officers in America today, which of those roles are not necessary at all? And could any of those roles be carried out by another group? You've already touched on this. So I want us to move a little bit. I mean, there's so much more we could dig into, Ryan, with how to respond to these things. And and I just wanted to whet people's appetite. And we can maybe bring up some more of these things if we have time. But what are police officers doing today? And who's responsible for those things in biblical society?
2: okay yeah so let's let's talk about a a, uh, a word that's um, almost becoming a bad word nowadays uh, the word freedom or independence if you will and I would define freedom as that state of state of affairs where I am not punished for obeying Christ that is freedom and so if I'm driving down the road or if I'm carrying something to help my neighbor, any of these things where I'm not actually committing a crime, uh, according to the Word of God, uh, that I should be free to love God and love my neighbor. That is actual freedom. Driving down the road with the wrong um, numbers on the back. I mean, how? Let's just let's just ask ourselves this. Let's step back from our status mentality here. Uh, the idea that since a person has a gun and a badge, then they can stop you from. Loving and serving your neighbor, um, you know the, the point that uh, you made, Ryan, earlier. Notwithstanding that you signed a contract, which I which I understand how that that's, that certainly can work. But if I have signed a contract that um, that enslaves me, if you will, just because I want to serve my neighbor, really by God's law, that's an illegal contract and really unenforceable from the standpoint of God's law. I get that's different from from constitutional law, Chris. What you're talking about, you're talking about the difference between is and ought. And that's what we argue all the time here on this podcast. We, we get how it is in Terry versus Ohio, but we that, that does not stop us from arguing how it actually ought to be. And see, one of the reasons why we embrace the idea, well, the police officer, uh, let's give him that authority because he's there to prevent crimes. He's there to make us safer. I love your word fuzzy that you mentioned earlier, Chris, Th- things, things get fuzzy One of the nice things about the Constitution is, for the most part, it's not fuzzy. And the fuzzier things get, then the more power that the person with the gun has. In other words, when we get fuzzy, now we're going from authority to power. Because, well, who's really, you know, who's qualified to actually define this? Well, we know who's qualified to define it the guy with the gun versus the guy without the gun. Right. This is why we need to be back to the scriptures here. Because from the very beginning, it was the simplest of all commands. It was, you can eat of any tree in this garden, not this one. Not it, it, it's super simple. And what we see then is we, we, we get away from the, the simple word of God. Adam and Eve get thrown out of the Garden of Eden. And now the commands get more difficult. Now we need more. And in our own system here in the in the United States of America, we have more and more and more of the federal, federal register. I still remember my um, my driver's ed teacher in high school telling me, you know, hey, yeah, when you get to when you get your license, they give you a book about this thick, right? But when they're coming after you, they have a book about this thick, right? It, it's it's a whole it's a whole lot thicker. Why we have gotten away from the scriptures here, and now we have to make up our own rules. And without getting this too deeply, there are statements in the scriptures that have to do with putting away evil from among you. Now, for all the statists out there that believe, hey, we, 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 we just have to have the police officers here around us like all the time because they're, gonna, they're going to be protecting us. When the scriptures talk about hearing and fearing, they talk about judging per God's law actual offenses not suspected offenses I, I want to underline that right we're not talking about we're talking about actual offenses and our problem is that we don't judge actual offenses we've cut down on the actual offense I mean we've talked about this before Chris uh, up until 1951 rape was a capital offense here in this country well now we've uh, now we're not a lot nicer to rapists and as we've seen the actual um punishment for actual offenses go down, we see the um, we, we we see the conviction uh, level go down as well because it's not it's it's not as big a deal for a rape and ah eh, you know what we don't need quite as much evidence and we'll put this person away or, or whatever. Can you see how getting away from the scriptures enslaves us all? Um, a, a quote here from Horace Greeley is uh, of all people is is helpful here. It is impossible to enslave a mentally or I'm sorry to enslave mentally or socially let me start over again it is impossible to enslave mentally or socially a bible reading people the principle of the bible principles of the bible are the groundwork of human freedom and some people are going to say well that's not freedom to punish a a a capital offense well no not for the capital offender it isn't no but i'm telling you what it's freedom for everybody else, especially the people who he's going to kill once he gets out of jail after five years.
1: Right. Now, I think one of the reasons we have this problem is because we have, and this actually ties in with what we were talking about the other day on, on the podcast yesterday, we've abandoned the, the role of the of the people to deal with evil. Now, again, we're not, I'm not advocating anarchy. There needs to be civil rulers. But we, we've said, okay, Let's hand everything over to the state. So, so you, the police officers, I mean, let's talk about robbery, for example. I mean, why do we need police officers on the streets at all? Only because the people have, have given over their responsibility to protect, right? I mean, the cop cars a lot of times say to protect and serve. Well, to protect from, from what and who? If, if the people are armed, right, and a free citizenry would be able to be armed, they can protect themselves from people who would either murder them and, or try to murder them or or rob them, right? So – but because people have given over our responsibility to do these things, and now we turn to the state and we give them all this – we give the, the state the power now to do what we should be doing. And then we, we should not be surprised when they take that authority or power and go as far as they can with it.
2: Yeah. Let, let me let me address it this way. Um, should a police officer just ask a very simple question here? Should be a police uh, should a police officer be every bit as much concerned about breaking the law, let's say even the constitutional law, as a regular citizen? And the answer is yes. Should
0: be. There was should They should be. Should should be. Should. Right. But,
2: We're talking about ought
0: here. Yeah. An ought again. So,
2: so you have to know even if you are a a person who who defends the. Um, the 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 institution of police officers to the to the max you should be asking yourself a question here and that is why is it that a police officer is not as as in fear of breaking the law as a citizen
0: i'll give you an answer to that and it's a supreme court precedent in graham versus connor graham versus connor says it's not reasonable for any public servant to know the laws there to follow to enforce the laws appropriately.
2: So it's not, necess- it's not reasonable for them to know the actual law they're Correct.
0: enforcing. Correct, that's unreasonable. That's unreasonable. Well, now I'll, I'm really well, concerned well, about let me reasonable
2: that. search and suspicion now. What's me,
0: reasonable? I'm really concerned. But take it one step further. Ignorance of the law is not a defense of the law in the court of law imposed upon we the people. For,
2: for slobs like you and me. Correct, Correct. Yeah.
0: and the Supreme Court takes it one step further. In order to crest the hurdle of reasonableness of an officer, you have to do what I did in that video. I have to, the Supreme Court uses a word language, belligerent complaint. I need to be belligerent in my complaint with the officer and say, You are depriving me of my constitutional rights under 42 USC 1983 and recite this stuff. I have to make him informed of Graham versus Connor, Fraser v. Cop. I have to give him the opportunity. In that video, I said, I would suggest you call the district attorney to inform him, give him every reasonable opportunity to know the law which he is representing. He misrepresented trespass law. I had to correct him. That's my burden. That's my duty. And I want to go back to what what you were saying before. Shouldn't be, but it is in our system. I, I agree with right. this. Is yeah. and that I have a conversation with the dear friend, and it's always these should words. And when right. I want to say, let's stop mm-hmm. talking about the should and oughts. Let's talk about what is. It is an are. and. Our role of law enforcement should, to, should be to protect us from harm and trespass. They are inserted when somebody has received harm or somebody has been trespassed against. That's what, they're, that's what the Bible would call a good authoritarian. Unfortunately, our society has redefined what harm is can be feelings, Mm -hmm. emotional response. We're getting into this thought speak of you use the wrong pronoun. You've offended somebody, so we're going to incarcerate them. So it's the harm and trespass. We have a duty to ingest God's word to stand in its truth and righteousness in the face of tyranny. But that requires a tremendous amount of courage. And until you are in that word and allow it to manifest it through you and do your duty to understand the rules, laws, legislation that's put before you, accept that you're on the plantation of tyranny. And until you're willing to unlink those chains of restraint that are upon you, accept your place in this society. And I am not free. I choose as to when I want to safely stand free. And I make my own decision as to I have to consent.
1: Well, you did a great job in that video. I encourage everybody to watch it. And yeah, working with, with these man-made rulings and laws, you took the officer to task respectfully that what he was doing was wrong. And it's a great video. So so watch watch that video and, and there's a lot of content there. I, I want to talk more about what, what you just brought up about the police officers should be hand to, held to the same standards as everybody else. And that brings us into qualified immunity, which I don't want to spend too much time on, but it's this special protection Uh, created in 1982 by the Supreme Court, uh, and it's ended up being applied as well to police officers. I think initially it wasn't really meant or the initial intention or focus wasn't on police officers, but it ended up including them. And so the idea is that, uh, you know, it's necessary for these people to carry out their jobs. They need to have this qualified immunity, which means they are not held to exactly the same standard that you and I are. They are immune from certain uh accusation or charges that they have violated someone's constitutional rights because what we're asking them to do as a matter of public service quote unquote uh is a different level and therefore they are immune from certain things so it's it's built right into uh all these supreme court cases that police officers and other government officials are not held to the same standard as everybody else and and that should be a huge red flag all right, the Bible says unequal weights, unequal measures. Yeah. Both of them are like an abomination. Um, so, police officers have have a different standard. Isn't that that's a big problem? Can you elaborate on that, Joel?
2: Sure enough, is to your point of uh, unequal weights and measures. No question about it. We, we you cannot go to the scriptures and and find anywhere where certain people are have qualified immunity, for example, to sin. Uh, you know, let, let's go to the argument that I have with a lot of my Christian friends saying that, um, well, you know, um, those that don't believe the law word of God are not held to the law word of God if you're, an, if you're a civil magistrate. If they're, you know, Caesar doesn't have to bow to Christ like everybody else. Well, I want to know who else gets away with sinning. Uh, the, the, the civil magistrates have like a, the special like, you know, cut out area where they're allowed to sin. And so this is a, a problem in our, in, in our Christian society where we have this idea that they have this special area, this special playground area where if they sin, they're not responsible. If we really believe the, 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 the scriptures where we are supposed to be safe in our persons, uh, for example, uh, Nehemiah, when he's being a- attacked, attacked. Uh, by, um, by the enemies of God, you know, he tells the people, listen, get together and fight for your family and your property. That's exactly what he says. So we know, according to the scriptures, we have a right. You know, the, the, the Constitution did not create rights. It only recognizes pre-existing rights given by God. That's one of the reasons why, a, uh, a, 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 well, what, what Horace Greeley said, you don't have, you can't even define freedom. I, I defy anyone. I know I'm going down a rabbit trail here but I defy anyone to define freedom outside of the scriptures. It can't be done because you say, well, I should I should be able to own what is mine. Well, you, you should again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should, right? But but someone else comes along with a bigger gun and says, well, no, I should be able to to be Communists did that. They did that again and again. This is the property of the state. We are allowing you to use the property of the state. Well, okay, no one has any freedom then whatsoever to utilize their own property. So here is the thing that I, I would want just, to just pound away at. No one has the right to, un, unlawfully, scripturally speaking, uh, damage the, the person or the property of another person, no matter what badge they have, no matter what
0: gun they're carrying. Can I – I want to take this in a direction that I want to affirm you. We. this is a very rooted Christian scriptural response that you are making morally objective truth claims. Our society and culture has been infected with moral relativism yes. and evolutionary or neo-Darwinian that survival of the fittest. So in the survival of the fittest domain, If you have something I want evolutionarily for me to survive, I can take it from you. And moral moral relativism says, well, there's no moral objection to why I infringed upon you. And discernment and critical thinking needs to be anchored in truth. And scripture is the source for truth. Or, in this world, give me your replacement objective standard of truth. And everything you said, I want to stand free. I want to claim being free. That piece of paper doesn't give me my freedom. It's something that I stand in honor of my king. I'm, not, I'm only going to bend my neck to him, not unlawful, unruleful authoritarians. That's dangerous. And honestly, God says if we are going to honor him, we are going to be persecuted. It's Our flesh is going to get hurt. And if we're afraid of our flesh, we'll acknowledge your fear.
2: Yeah, I, I want to um, address that a little bit. I had one of my one of my sons growing up. He wanted to because we talked about evolution. We talked about creation and so forth. Where and, and you're exactly right. I mean, you, how in the world can you claim? Any objective moral truth in a world where we came from the Darwinian bowl of soup? Mm-hmm. Uh, w- w- what's this idea of objective uh, uh, rights? Even example, human rights. Where does that come from? Where's cannibalism yeah. wrong? Yeah, yeah. Look at look at the you know the the, the eagle uh, picks a fish out of the water. We say the eagle's wrong. You know, if if we kill name. So one of my kids growing up. Wanted to create a t-shirt, and I, uh, you guys can tell me if I uh, was too authoritarian as as a father. He wanted to create a t-shirt and uh, wear it around, and um, the t-shirt said, uh, it, it, "This is what he wanted to say in the t-shirt: If I kill you, it's just survival of the fittest in action. Don't worry about it. Oh gosh, right? But I, uh, I, uh, I, 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 I you thought that. Would be, yeah, I, I did.
0: I, I thought to be a little bit indiscreet. And so we, we never did create the t-shirt. It's, <laughs> it's, it's so funny. I, I have a screenshot on my phone and I have a t-shirt that says, if you want to stop and talk to me, it's, and you want to be consensual well, you have to pay me. So pay me $10 for five minutes, $20 for 10 minutes. And let's enter into a contract. If not, please let me go. I have things that I need to attend to. I did that when I was arrested. I opened up my shirt in prison and said, we're under contract. This is not consensual. So there's an outstanding invoice for me to be claimed for them taking my time.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, we won't hold our breath on that. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, well, it'll happen in court. Yeah. Um, that what we see in our culture today, right, we see just to use these terms, the left and the right, uh, people on, on the left, if you will, are very upset with police brutality, and police injustice. Mm-hmm. And, and then but at the same time, they love their statism and and they you can't have one without the other. And I agree with a lot of their concerns because you see them from, from the right as well. You know, the police officers arresting people for free speech, whatever. And, and I agree with uh, some of these things that the people are saying on the left about Terry stops. And I don't know the motives and, and all that stuff, but I have a problem with Terry stops. But my point is you mentioned that freedom can only come from god's law and these people want to end police brutality and police authoritarianism but they don't want to get up, give up statism they they right. want the state to be god and if you if you make the state god then you need someone to enforce right statism is a, is a bunch of man-made laws never-ending laws and then a bunch of enforcement of those laws and that's what police officers do they're they're called law enforcement officers, and in, and in their in the modern American mind, their job is to enforce whatever laws are made by man. I mean that's that's what they that's what they'll say. I mean I've interacted with them from time to time and say, and I want to get into this. I got a quote from this is a uh, Rudolf Haas. I don't know if I say that right, but he was the commandant at Auschwitz. I want to read this quote in a minute, but I've interacted with police officers. You can even even that clip yesterday with Matt Truella's associates there. Hey, we're we're just following the orders. I don't know if they said that there, but I've t- you know, we're just following the law. Our job is just to, to enforce to enforce the law. So if if that's what you want, if you want statism, where man makes all these laws and then someone has to enforce enforce them, you want police officers with the power to do that. And so it does. It shouldn't surprise us that police officers who are in that position want as much wiggle room as possible. Sure. Uh, if, if I was in that position, where my job is to enforce thousands of man-made laws against my neighbor who hasn't done anything evil according to God's law, but yet i'm I am charged and paid and my pension and my retirement, all that stuff depends on me enforcing these man-made laws. And to enforce these man-made laws, I have to put myself in harm's way. There's no doubt police officers put themselves in harm's way. now, now most of the time they shouldn't, but in their service of statism, they put themselves in harm's way. if I if that was me, I would I would probably, In my flesh say, give me as much qualified immunity, as much protection as you possibly can, because I'm going out and I'm enforcing all these man-made laws. In one sense, it makes a lot of sense, right? Because the police officers are saying, look, I didn't make these laws. I'm just enforcing the law. And you've asked me, you, the people have voted on these legislators to make these laws. And now my job is to enforce them. And so I totally understand why someone like Trooper Kachka or other police officers would use... And I'm not sure, you know, what else other situations he's been involved in, but just in general, would use all of these, these, uh, all this wiggle room to say, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna justify my actions based on all these things. But to your point, Joel, you cannot have freedom without the law of God. The left and and the right, they miss the whole point here, because they they're arguing over you know, how the police officer should act when they're both accepting statism. Mm -hmm. And this goes to to what we talked about, you know, with Luke yesterday in in his book, that if we give man the – if we grant to man the power to make never-ending law, then you're going to need a never-ending law enforcement pool, supply of people to enforce that. And so to to people on the left who want to cry and and lament police brutality – I agree with you in many things, but until you are willing to reject statism and return to biblical law, you can have nothing but statist officers enforcing man-made law. Can I ask Joel a question here? Sure. From a biblical standpoint,
0: would you agree that this is a a sequential pattern that happens over time? Freedom, tyranny, freedom, tyranny, freedom, tyranny, correction, judges, kings, we always return to a king.
2: Yeah, um, our my, our friend Matt Truella, who we've mentioned before, has said this again and again. Uh, Tyranny is built plank by plank, mm. and we need to understand that what we've enjoyed in the past here in America, the freedom we've enjoyed, to go out and and, and, and be successful or, or fail. Uh, you know, my father, for example, uh, b- bought a half an acre of ground from a farmer in nineteen like sixty three. There was no um, zoning back then. There was no all kinds of environmental studies and so forth.
0: Bog turtles. He,
2: yeah, yeah, he just went and bought the property. Uh, if, it, it's so much more difficult to do that nowadays because our freedom has been taken away from us slowly but surely. What do I mean by a freedom? The freedom to make a contract between my father and the farmer has now has all kinds of other, shall we say, interested parties involved in this. And yes it has been happened slowly but surely (laughs) i'm more emphasizing the surely because it has definitely been taken from us very surely my father wanted to buy a piece of property to support his family me and my eight brothers and sisters that's what he wanted to do that's what he did that is obeying christ that is a man uh, providing for his family according to the scriptures when we have all these other uh, impediments we are now harming the ability as we've said before uh, this is freedom freedom is the ability to obey christ the freedom to do that we have now been attacked in our ability to provide for our families by all these plank by plank by plank interferences in our freedom
0: so, we're we're in the Lancaster area, and you all must be familiar with Amos Miller and his and his private membership association. Yeah, very familiar. So that is a man living in honor of God to privately contract man to man, as your father did, to be free, and he has experienced the retaliation of the power, and still strives to claim freedom, live in his God honoring freedom. I also he have. was
2: attacked for loving his neighbor. I know. Can, can, can we just be clear on this point? No one complained about his his, his raw milk or anything. No one did. Nope. He was just a private contractor selling things and people buying certain things from him. And he was attacked. That's an act of loving one's neighbor. And we said this before. A, a, a different name for an employee or an employer, a businessman. Is someone who is loving his neighbor yeah. if they're doing it honestly i'm loving my neighbor by providing something that they want and need you sound and like he jeff was attacked for that reason
0: you sound like jeff durbin love thy neighbor
1: oh no, the same thing happened to reuben king who's in lancaster county who was Good example. Uh, uh found guilty of selling firearms without a license um we'll, we'll do that we've covered again that. where's the harm we're yeah. going to cover that again in another episode we covered it before but yes all these things are, are man-made laws. And I, I want to bring up, just go back to Terry real quick, because I've, been, I've listened to some commentary on Terry and, and it's from fr- from the left. And, you know, oh, the, the racism here of this white police officer or detective against these two black guys. They never talk about the fact that the the crime that they were able to get Terry for was c- carrying a concealed weapon. Biblically, should not be a crime Nope. so the, the constitutionally same, it's not a crime all right and we can get into that and we'll yep. get into that with reuben king a, b- a bit of his defense as well but my point is the, these the, the left and also the right i'm not just picking on the left they affirm statism and and especially the left affirmed oh we can't have people walking around with guns we can't we, we need gun control and then And then that's the very thing that this white police officer used and and could there be racial issues in there? I'm not, I'm not talking about that. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying that the the status law that you affirm is the thing that was able, the charge that was able to, they were able to get Terry on. So that should not have been a crime at all, right? So Terry should not have been arrested or charged with anything. And their whole thing was we're trying to dismiss um, the evidence that he had this Conceal carry because the way it was acquired was unconstitutional. But they're still just living within statism. Instead of stepping back and saying, we've created this system where police officers or detectives, like this guy who arrested Terry, that's his job. His job is to try to find people who've broken man made laws. And so until they're willing to abandon their statism, you're going to continue to have this, whether it's white on black, black, on whatever. It's going to be these people that are empowered to enforce man made law. And it will always be abused. It will always be abused if you give man the power to, to enforce arbitrary law. And that's a huge problem.
2: Yeah, the, the, um, the, the horror and the wickedness is built into it because you know, we have the Bible, which doesn't change. Forever, Lord, your word is settled in heaven versus man-made law, which is forever changing. So how can you not be breaking the code, the, I'll say the code, at any point? You, who knows what's written? You know, who knows what's been written in lately? And, you know, we're supposed to be running a society like this. And I'm going to appeal to my Christian brothers and sisters here to think about this and consider. You cannot have a society based on changing man made law. Oh. I'm going to use a, a, a baseball illustration here. How in the world do you think you could even play a game of baseball if there's people back in some office somewhere constantly changing the rules? Now, that was a foul ball yesterday. Today it's not. You couldn't play baseball. How much more can you pop, have a well-ordered society if you can't have a baseball game? You're never going to have a well-ordered society based on man's changing laws or rules or codes.
0: I, I want to be delicate with what I'm about to try to unpack here.
2: It's good somebody around here is delicate. <laughs> not apparently, not. <laughs> well, it's kind of
0: like I need to apologize in advance because this could come out offensive. I'm sure it would that- be the first time something came out offensive on this show (laughs) we have no hope of changing the trajectory of our country absent of people we the people standing in god's righteous and truth in opposition to the tyranny we can't do it in the public square we're not going to overturn terry v ohio there's a great broadcaster on youtube called chili Delete Laws, Chile de Castro, and he is a constitutional scholar empowering people to understand what happened with Terry V. Ohio. It is the first step of tyranny which built this prison industrial complex of incarceration like a hockey stick. It was way for them to oppress and control us. Until we ingest God's word, know what we're speaking about today, stand free, our battle is not going to happen on the sidewalks. It's got to happen in the courts. We have to fight it in the court. We have to take it up to the Supreme Court to break those things. Absent of those people doing that, there is no hope for change.
2: Okay, I want to, if, if I may, I want to uh, talk about a recent failure of that by me. Okay, uh, confession time. Uh, somebody start playing an organ here, and I will, uh, I will confess. Um, just this past week, to your point, uh, this past Saturday, I was in. Um, yeah, less than what? Yeah, five days ago. It's past Saturday. I was uh, today's what date is what? August fourth, third, whatever. Um, on July 29th of this year, twenty twenty three, I was in Harrisburg. Okay, and um, I was told that I had to stand there was there was a, a sidewalk and I was protesting a uh, perversion festival there in Harrisburg. Uh,
0: the Capitol Steps. Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Well, when the Capitol Steps kind of like the back of the Capitol is where it was, right? And it was public property. That's that's important. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry, Chris. Uh, this is going to take us past an hour here, but it won't.
1: I'm fine as long I'm as sure. you are.
2: Okay. It won't. Uh, I'll try to uh, try to make it short. Okay. There was a sidewalk, and consider that the sidewalk had a crack right down the middle of it. Now, I'm not I'm not talking about uh, perpendicular to the sides. We'll talk parallel to the sides, right? And a private security guy came along and said, uh, uh, "You have to stand behind that that crack on the sidewalk." you Right. Public private. Yeah, kind of, right? And um, I said to him, or we said to him, I was with some other guys, um, I don't think we do. He said, we well, you have to talk to my boss then. I said, well, we want to, we want to talk to him. So a police officer comes over and he says, no, you're allowed to stay, stay on the entire sidewalk, which was completely different from what we had just been told by the private guy, sure, right? Sure. But you're not allowed to be in the grass. Well, what happens if we go in the grass? Well, I'll warn you and then I will, um, I will arrest you. Okay, now I... I I've been thinking about this, and I'm really glad we're having this conversation here, Ryan, because I've I've thought about it a lot. Here's the thing. So I asked him, I said, well, it's a public park. Yes. It's public, not private. Mm -hmm. So what statute will I be violating if I enter that park? Correct. Right? He said, well, I don't know what statute it is. It was passed. It's a federal statute passed a, a, a year ago. Okay. I said, well, then I'm being punished for what I believe. Right? I oppose this, so because of my belief, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not allowed to go in that park. I thought about this later, and I think I should have, I should have been arrested that day. And here's why. because if he can't tell me what statute I'm violating, I didn't think about this till later, how on what possible basis can he arrest me? And so to you to your point, yeah, so I stood up to him sort of on the sidewalk. But without getting into the courts i don't think i did much good at all frankly
0: so in your circumstance having more knowledge on these precedents how i conduct myself in that exact scenario i cannot be removed from public property absent of committing a crime a crime in progress or crime about to occur the probable cause elements from public property i have this conversation with the officer he threatens me if you do not leave, I'm going to arrest you for a trespass. I have a little folder that I have a piece of paper in there, which is a color of law violation. I also have a QR code that follows the Privacy Act of 1974, and I say, officer, I just need your name, your badge number, your superior, your phone number, and I need you to either write down the crime that you're alleging I have committed to be removed from public property, or you tell me... I'm going to write it you need to initial it no you're not going to initial it i take a photo a copy of it and i hand it to him and i say officer you've been served no confrontation i've given you a color of law a warning violation notice that you unlawfully used your authority to deprive me of my constitutional rights i'll see you in court
2: see, see what's, what's happening here ryan is you know you've got your uh, folders you've got all this knowledge and the rest of us are saying <laughs> my- you know i just want to be left alone do, yes. I, do I have to work that hard just to defend my rights? And the answer is yes. And and I would argue in my case here this past Saturday, I, I'm, I'm going to invoke Alexander Solzhenitsyn here. Oh, we didn't love freedom enough, mm-hmm. he said. We didn't love it enough. And I would have to say, you know, again with a confession time here, that you could charge me with not loving freedom enough. It's a lot easier for me to just say, All right officer i'll stand out here i don't want to i don't want to go against you and get arrested and so forth but i'm asking myself chris do i love freedom enough i'm asking myself that right now
0: but ask yourself another question give yourself permission to own when you are not in the moment of loving freedom enough i was similarly up at the capitol steps when and abortion now jeff durbin was up there speaking And I went, my wife gave that to me as a birthday present. And I said, well, let's go walk in the state capitol. Well, I'm a man who walks around with a pocket knife. And in order to get into the capitol, I have to surrender the pocket knife. And I'm standing at security and I'm looking at my wife and she's looking at me and she's like, Ryan, what are you going to do? Are you going to take this stand right now? And I said, sweetie, I love you more than my freedom right now. I'm going to surrender my identification and my knife to this authoritarian so I can enjoy this with you. And I wanted that time with my wife. I knew I was a hypocrite and I surrendered my freedom in that moment and I gave myself a pass. I cannot be 100% all of the time.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I would consider that hypocrisy or submitting to I, to, I, to a bully. I. I, under, yeah. I
0: own it from my worldview that yeah. I, I acknowledge my hypocrisy
1: okay yeah I mean there there are certainly cases where um, you, you could look into that and say I'm going to choose to turn the other cheek right now I'm going to I'm going to submit yes. to this to this tyranny for a a higher purpose yes and and I agree we should uh, these things should be fought in court but I also think there's an even deeper issue because when, when we've granted the the state the authority, or power to, to make all these laws, th- there are already probably laws that, that they could get you on. And, and the more and more are coming out that they're going to make laws that make it illegal to preach the gospel, that make it illegal. And so in that case, even in the courts, you can't win. And so that's why we we do need those things. But of course, and I think you would both agree, we need more than that. We need the hearts of the people to change, oh, yeah. to, to want liberty, to want God's law, because... If you don't have God's law and, and the, God, the law and the gospel, you're going to have statism. So I want to talk about two more things here. One, again, just I want to... If people want to end the, the effects of racism, right? Like these people on, on the left talk, oh, the, the cops are racist and there's such racial disparity and these Terry stops and, and so on and so forth. I'm, I'm going to grant them that. I'm going to grant them that, that it's, it's, it's disparate to, to the races. But if you want to end the ability of people to oppress and harass others. I'm going to grant you your your whole position that the police officers are racist. I'm not saying everyone is. I'm I'm granting them for the sake of argument. If you want to end that, then get rid of statism because if you have biblical law, you won't have law enforcement officers who can go around and cuff people, slam them up against uh, against the wall and search them when they have not done anything evil. And statism allows police officers to harass and oppress people who have Committed non-evil acts, so of course there's going to be some people that abuse that. And so again, I mean, this is one of the things as Christians we need to push the antithesis and challenge these pagans who want to come out and cry. Oh, you know, we're all about justice as pagans here, and you Christians are, are are you know want to oppress everybody. No, you you want freedom. You want to see uh, the streets you know with people not being oppressed and tyrannized for whatever reason. If you want to say it's because of their skin color, fine. For whatever reason, don't grant the government the power. To tyrannize people to terrorize them because they've broken man-made laws
2: yeah i want to apply this to the left here a little bit too um because they're such hypocrites um they're all about you know police brutality and so forth well i do remember back in 2020 you know first if we go talk about brutality can we talk about babies that are unborn Mm. if if you really have a, a a brutality problem let's definitely start there which which the left doesn't care about but I remember this clearly. Remember um, back when in 2020 during the summer of love, when the buildings are being uh, burnt, uh, oh, yeah, you right. know, all all the rioters peaceful and so forth protests. killing people, protests. Yeah, peaceful protests going on, right? Do you remember that goofy chop zone in Seattle or Chaz zone, oh, yeah. where they actually took over like a, an area of like ten blocks or whatever, and they set up? Guess what? All the people against police officers, they set up their own little police force, and none of these lefties. Who have a problem with, with with honest policemen? There are such things. None of them had a problem with that. So they are hypocrites through and through. Now, why do I why why do I feel like I have to point that out? because anyone who takes a position not based on the word of God is ultimately in a hypocritical position at some point. They're going to have to be, and I, 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 will, I will not allow them to get away with the, the, the idea they really do care about brutality, because they, if they really did, they would have said, hey, wait a minute, we're the ones that been shouting about police. Now you guys in your chop zone set up your own little police force, which if you recall, Chris and Ryan, they were extorting money. Mm-hmm. From the um, from the shop owners from the merchants, yeah, yeah from from the mur- that's the first thing they did, and all the lefties, cosa nostra, yeah, that's what they were. Organized crime. All the lefties that have a problem with the police suddenly were like uh, quite quite silent. Again, I don't blame them in a sense because what else can they do? They're against the scriptures, they're against God's law, and they're going to ultimately they're ultimately going to do exactly what they said they hate in someone else this is romans one type stuff you know you you have Mm -hmm. a problem with stealing do you steal paul uh, Paul says yeah you have a problem with
0: police office brutality do you exercise it
2: yeah and it didn't take them long either it was just a couple days till they were exercising their own brutality
0: i want to see if i can take this another another level deeper and this is what my audience is familiar with me doing and i i don't know if you guys know kent Hovind or Saiten, Bruggen, Kate, and these are presuppositional apologetics, and knowing the source of truth and whether your brain actually functions. Do we have the ability for critical reasoning? And my screensaver on my computer says, never attempt to reason with unreasonable people, because I want to know if you have the ability to properly think. And Ked Hovind says in, in the, the God, the Creator, is the triune of trin- trinities and transcends time, space, and matter, and inserted himself to create these immaterial laws which govern a material existence. And I'm going to call those laws the laws of logic. So when you're talking about hypocrisy, which I completely affirm, I say that it's a violation of the law of non-contradiction. Things that are opposite can't be true. So when you get into your you're crusading for end abortion now and the babies that are out there, and I've been on the sidewalks and proclaiming to rescue those children as well, I'm dealing with pagan broken thinkers that are trying to argue time, degree of development, um, proximity and location. These are all emotional arguments that are not rooted in logical critical thinking. And I would not want to categorize this to just the state or to law enforcement. I'm gonna categorize it to all humans. That humans, whether you are an officer or you are a technician at a hospital, you're obedient to your master, and you're going to follow those dictates, rules, statutes, policies for your self-comfort, and you will not stand in opposition of authority, period. So
2: well, we- I, let me jump on that because you're talking about, Chris, you're talking about the left and the right. Yes. But in the end, if we're against God's are we not kind of like in the in the exact same category? Really, because you know, the, the right says, Well, I'm for law and order. Wait a minute, who's whose law? The chop zone, they were for law and order too. They're law and order, so you left or right, I think you're in the exact same box if you oppose God's law. What is the difference,
1: right? And that's the thing, a lot of the stuff. On this podcast, at least the left looks at it and assumes, "Oh, you guys are all about Trump, and you're about the right." Like, like, no, no. I'm saying that that both left and the not right, hardly both left and right, not are, hardly, are statists. They have accepted statism. They have accepted man made law. They've denigrated God's law, and this is what we get. We're, we're going to have if you if you put man made law, you're going to have police brutality. It's inevitable. Even with with all the good cops there, you've created a system for them. Call it human brutality, not just police brutality. Humans right. are deceitfully wicked. Right, right, and that's the thing. The, the police officers are no different than any other people. You put man in a situation where he is tasked with using force to to get compliance to man-made law, you're going to have a mess. He and that has what, more weapons. Right, and so that's he, that's what neither left nor right will address. Um, so. Uh, yeah, if you want if you want to end you know, human brutality, uh, then don't give one class of people the power to enforce man made law over another. We could go on and on yeah. about that. Uh, um, we we've we're running out of time, but you know people still might say, "Well, we really just need cops. We need them out there to protect us." Again, we we've covered this briefly. I just want to touch on that one more time. Then I want to read this quote from this Rudolf Haas guy: "A society without." law enforcement officers as we know them right is is that is that chaos joel i mean would it just be complete chaos if if you had a people and i think part of it is not is that we have abandoned biblical law and this is this is what we deserve Mm. we we deserve tyrants uh who have basically many tyrants doing their bidding so in one sense is what we deserve and we we couldn't handle freedom in america right now because we have rejected god's law but if you had that change of heart and if you had people who who wanted to take responsibility for their protection the protection of their neighbor what would you need police officers for i don't even think we would need them uh you know ryan mentioned we you know we need them if they, i don't think we would need them at all in the sense of oh there's something happening here i need to call the police all Right, the civil magistrate could come in after the fact what, what are your thoughts on that joel
2: yeah i'm going to go in this direction the, the fear of the Lord, the beginning of wisdom, the fear of the Lord, beginning of, of knowledge. Why did we used to, I don't know, I guess we do still do it somewhat, swear on the Bible to tell the whole truth, of, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? What we were doing then was we were exercising a, a public display of our fear of the Lord.
0: Fear and trembling of judgment of God.
2: Th- that's right. In Amen. other words, if I lie, what, what was happening there was if I lie, I am calling on the judgment of God against me if I tell a lie. But God says we all lie.
0: God says we all lie. So are we doing that in true fear and submission of that, in that oath and proclamation to God? Because God calls us, we're all liars, and I have to admit, God, I'm going to do my best. To honor you in what I speak
2: right here because what we're talking about here is one of the commandments do not bear false witness against your neighbor so I am standing up here and and saying I am NOT going to be bearing any false witness against anyone that's why that's why the whole idea of telling the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth I am going to go back in in my comment to the once again to the church I I I, I can't help it I want to talk about tyranny in the Old Testament in the uh, northern 10 tribes, which became, you know, they split off from Israel during the um, reign of Solomon's son, they went off on their own and um, rejected the law of God. And when the kings got uh, became tyrants, oftentimes it was a bloody mess. Um, he got killed, his son or someone else got put, and, and there was just people killed all the way around. Now, we had that same problem in the southern kingdom under David. If David gets away with killing. Uriah the Hittite and stealing his wife. Don't get that Sheba. Go get her. <laughs> yeah, there, there is no end to what David can do next. Right. But what happens is Nathan the prophet comes to him in the fear of the Lord and says, you're the man. You're, you're guilty of this. This is where I believe the church has totally failed. We are much more interested in getting a picture, uh, uh, you know, a, a photo op, uh, you know, get that in the paper, than we are in confronting wicked magistrates we have no interest in doing that so if we will not do that we're going to get the tyranny to your point chris that we deserve and it's going to be far worse and david david would have gone down that road of the of the tyrants of the northern kingdom that would have been it was bloody enough for what he did it would have been far worse so i am just taking a moment here to say where is the church if we really do have tyranny chris where's the church
0: where are the pastors within the church calling it out where? Where I I can't I don't have an answer for that. Yeah. I see the pulpit draped with the American flag right next to it, and I'm saying, kick the flag out of the sanctuary. The Bible, the the Bible is why we're in this building. The state remains out, remains goes outside.
1: And, yeah. Well, the the church has accepted. Again, I'm going to bring it up again. Statism. They've yep. accepted the idea that Christ is not king over the state, and we. Give, you know the state has the power to make all these laws and to tell us what we can and can't do absent of biblical law you know who cares what the Bible says if the state tells you to do it you have to do it And, and
2: it, Chris is, is this a fair um, definition of statism? the fear of the state greater than the fear of the Lord is that is that a fair definition?
1: Yeah I, it doesn't seem unfair I mean it's, it's the, the state can tell you what to do and, and the state can can make all these laws and you better follow them because if not, you're going to be in big trouble. And that's what we have. And again, if you do not, you cannot argue with our current law enforcement. You can't argue with Terry Stops. You can't argue with human brutality, police brutality. You can't argue with the violation of the Fourth Amendment, Fifth Amendment. You can't argue with any of that stuff if you embrace or accept statism, because you are saying man is the final authority and we need people out there to enforce man's laws. I wanna read this quote now from Rudolf Haas. He was tried at um, the Nuremberg trials for his involvement at Auschwitz, and his response is is telling, and, and he's gonna say, look, I'm just following orders. This is what he said, he said, don't you see, we SS men were not supposed to think about these things. It never even occurred to us we were all so trained to obey orders without even thinking that the thought of disobeying an order would simply never have occurred to anybody and somebody else would have done just as well if I hadn't. I really never gave much thought to whether it was wrong. It just seemed a necessity, end quote. Is that not the mindset of the modern law enforcement officer and is that not what the church itself accepts and embraces. Your job as a police officer is to enforce man-made law. That's your job. I mean, and with statism, how can you fault Rudolf Haas?
2: I don't how, see how you can argue with you, that. How, In a state of society, I, I, I do not know how you can argue with that.
1: And how can you argue with the police officer who says, look, I'm just enforcing the law. The law came down that said that you're not allowed to speak publicly about homosexuality. I'm just following the law. That's what statism gives you.
0: Right. Can, I, can I take that one step higher? Mm-hmm. This testimony was in the development of what was called the Nuremberg Code. The United States has not embraced the Nuremberg Code as defined. They tried to do it in spirit and intent with their language. Put that to where we are t- today. We had this wonderful thing that happened with some virus that was floating around that had some mandates and employment threats, whether we submit to getting some jab in the arm. Many businesses were under the threat of the government to be shut down. These were, if you can hypothesize that this was a medical experimentation on willing people who did not produce or submit to informed consent and wound up saying, I'm going to be the statist. I'm going to follow and submit those people creating these laws to participate in this medical experimentation without understanding the consequence could be a rail car could be dropping gas canisters into your home just because they're falling. So I just wanted to emphasize your point a little.
1: Yeah. Joel, anything you want to add to this? We're just about out of time, but I hope I'm making sense here. You are. If, if you give man the authority to add to add to God's law, disregard God's law, make man's law. And then you have, you have a system of people to enforce that. How, how can you fault them? And that, that's that's kind of my defense of police officers that in the statist mindset, I, I totally get it. I, I get totally it get it, yeah. And, and so that's why we need to attack statism at, at its core.
2: I'll say this. Every single person is going to fear someone.
1: Mm. You're either
2: going to fear man or you're going to fear God. And the fear of man definitely brings a snare, according to the scriptures. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of knowledge. Uh, Joshua said, Choose you this day whom you will serve. Uh, today, we
0: need to say, Choose you this day whom you will fear. Well said. Ryan, final thoughts? I, I just have to echo that. And I stand in humble adoration of my king. And I put myself in positions for myself, but to advocate for others, to model what that looks like. And I, I don't want to... I'm challenging people not to do that, but to stand and understand what. who are you obedient to? And when you called out the church and I call out the pastors, I need to call out myself, what am I doing? And I'm tell people, don't do it until you've, I, I reorganized your priorities. Let your yes be your yes and your no be your no. Don't be in between. Don't make a statement as to this is who
1: I should be. Let me see who you really are. All right. Well, we've we've covered uh, there's so much more we could cover there i mean i hope we at least have scratched the surface especially as it relates to to law enforcement officers police officers with a different perspective than either the left or the right has been giving there's much more we could say there's probably people that are going to have a bunch you know uh, objections well you you want a society with no law enforcement officers again that that's partly true but you have to understand when you have biblical law the people are empowered to protect themselves Right, If the people are, are empowered to protect themselves, criminals are not going to be – I mean, would you, if you're a criminal, would you rather be in a society where you have a small force of law enforcement officers who may come after you if you go out and try to murder or rape someone? Or would you rather be in a society where almost every citizen is armed and those that aren't are you know have family members that would protect them? Well, if the criminal would rather be in the police state because – there's less of an ability for the place to get you than in a free society the people would be able to. So again, there's so much here, but at the core, when you abandon biblical law, you open the door to statism and this is what you're going to get. So I would encourage everybody to check out um, the cultural contrarian. There's a YouTube page,
0: go to cultural or if you search anywhere with the at symbol, cultural contrarian, I have tons of information educationally put in an email address and they'll give you some free eBooks to kind of get started on what I speak about in a Matt Trawala doctrine of the lesser magistrate type of walk.
1: Okay. Yeah. And there's a lot more and, and maybe we'll be able to cover some more stuff as well. Joel, can you let people know about the upcoming conference coming up in September?
2: Yes. The future of Christendom conference. We're having a Dr. James White as a speaker and a debater debating the question is a gay Christian an acceptable uh, term for, for for being a Christian. I'm, I'm a little bit fuzzy on the exact uh, question. That's gonna happen on Saturday night. This is September 15th and 16th. And um, for the whole weekend, $125 for the entire weekend, you get to hear James White uh, once in a debate, once uh, in a Friday evening address, many other excellent addresses. And we're gonna be doing the, uh, the, the, the theme of the conference is the Gospel at War. And uh, that is might be offensive to some people, but gentlemen, we know that the gospel is either going to be at peace or it's going to be at war. And there's no and and if the gospel is at peace with this wickedness that's going on in our culture now, if if the gospel if your gospel is at peace with that, then you don't have the gospel. Hmm. You, you you have you have something else going on here. It's called so the false gospel. Th- that's exactly what it is. It, you know, there there is no peace, saith my God to the wicked. So we, we know that from the scripture. So we hope you can uh, come and be a part of this. Many excellent presentations. We have uh, presentations called Expositions where we speak for 18 minutes to a topic. And we will be, uh, our topics are the gospel at war with, with various uh, some gospel at war with the state, the gospel at war with the yellow bus, uh, for example. Chris uh, will be presenting that. And we hope you can come. Go to org to register. Um, That uh, cost of $125 actually covers a meal on Saturday and also a snack on Saturday evening during the
0: debate. Love to see you there. Uh, You won't won't regret it. Can I ask a favor? Because I want to be there. I want to meet James White. Is there a way that I could be introduced to just shake his hand in a photo op? Because I've been following him for decades.
2: Uh, I'm sure we'll find a. W- w- uh, I would love that. Uh, that uh, I, would I, be my birthday I present. Can't, I can't guarantee I can do it, but I
0: guarantee I will try as hard as I can. That would. It would be awesome for me, even I could get proximity. I, I wanted the, the the bearded gospel tribe. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: I'm sure we'll find a way. I hope I'm you can just, come, I'm Ryan. Just yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And thank you both. Thanks, Ryan, for coming all the way out here for this podcast. Um, Joel, thanks again for coming in. Uh, more to come on this. I think we need to address more about the the modern uh, police system, and there's much more that could be said. But we're always going to return to the Bible. That That's our standard, and it does indeed, uh, contra Rolling Stone sentiment, the Bible does indeed give us uh, a just society if we follow it, and our modern American system does not. So for more information about the Langster Patriot, go to thelancasterpatriot.com. Until next time, remember that Christ, not the state, is king. Take care.